creeds and criticism meet. of Reference Podcast. Alrighty, welcome back to the Split Frame of Reference Podcast. I'm your co-host Nick. And I'm Allison. And today uh, we've got an interesting treat for you. Uh, the roadmap for today, we got Book Corner, which will be fun, talking <laughs> about the books we've been reading. Bring it back. Yep. Uh, discussion, uh, dealing with sexism as a Christian, and a subheading of that would be what it means to be a Christian in life and identity. And third, how to how we've dealt with sexism mm-hmm. as a couple. Yep, so, the good and the bad and the ugly. Yep, mostly the ugly and the bad. But you know, <laughs> so why don't you let us? What book? What books or book have you been reading as well? Um, so I've started reading Specters of Paul: Sexual Difference in Early Christian Thought. A light title, okay. Yeah, well, it's I I've only gotten to through the very first part, and it's it's talking about it's not coming from an evangelical's pers- uh, perspective, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's looking at how a lot of ancients didn't necessarily see the sexes as opposites, but more in terms of the woman being an incomplete or impaired man. Hmm. Um, And they're trying to understand the Adam Christ typology in light of that. Um, I think this author seems to think that um, reconciling sexual difference with um, the Adam Christ typology is, is not coherent. Hmm. Um, basically, it's not as though Paul, some you know, is consistently egalitarian or consistently hierarchical. Um, most, I guess, in the more liberal camp or in uh, the conservative um, patriarchal camp, tend to tend towards thinking Paul limits puts huge limits on women, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. But anyway, from from their end, um, they see it as more sexism. Um, he says there's actually maybe, I so far I read that he thinks there's elements of both and they're inconsistent. Hmm. Um, but he might be trying to explain some of those uh, parts where he does sound more egalitarian in light of this other sexist paradigm. So we'll see. I, I haven't, I need to get through it more, but it's an interesting read. Right. And I'm reading something slightly less controversial, although in certain sections of the internet, very controversial. I'm reading a book by Kenneth J. Collins called The Theology of John Wesley, Holy Love in the Shape of Grace. Abingdon Press, and it's just basically a 300 or so page overview of the theology of John Wesley, someone I've become quite enamored with theologically. Uh, He writes, and this is kind of cool, read a brief portion of it. This is on page 162. This is on Wesley's practical theology on uh, free grace, uh, stuff I didn't know about the Wesleyan tradition, or at least John Wesley. One, it excludes human merit. Okay, that's kind of interesting. Highlights the divine role in in redemption and corresponds to those aspects of the Ordo Salutis, that is justification and entire sanctification that are the work of God alone. So Wesley can't be called a Pelagian or Wesleyan theology. And it goes on and on just to underscore the sheer gratuity of grace. And uh, the only difference it seems between a major reformed reading of Paul is that such grace is not irresistible or this grace or gift can be uh, rejected or refused. And that gives us massive implications to how we live our Christian life and participate in what God has called us to be, which is kind of interesting how that all works into our topic today. Oh, yeah. So thank you, John Wesley. (laughs) Yay. And so that's Book Corner. Highly recommend it. And so uh, we've got that. And so, uh, Allison, lead us into the discussion. All right.
right. So, um, of course, Nick and I will be going over some of our not so great and maybe some of our better encounters um, with sexism. Um, where you had some trouble deciding what to pick, um, sadly. But anyway, so first off, I think um, in discussing fe uh, sexism, the question needs to come, well, what characterizes a Christian? Because if this is part of our core identity, then it's going to come into all aspects of our life. And we said this last time, like people are going nuts right now in this political climate. Mm. Um, you know, we're not, we're not going to discuss politics very much here, um, even though like I love keeping tabs on all this. I don't love it, but just reading about the political kind <laughs> debates of, Kind happening. of a drug at this point. But, you know, this isn't really the place where we're going to just be complaining about Trump all day long. Um, I've complained about Trump and Hillary Clinton. Um, I think they were both bad news. But anyway, um, people are going nuts. People seem to know that the other person is sheer evil and this horrible threat. Um, people that were neighbors or friends or unfriending and all sorts of things. It's also bringing up... Um, issues of um, women coming out and speaking out about the sexism that's happening in their lives um, and so, frankly connected to some of the political climate as well. And so the question is, as Christians, how do we live through navigate these times? Hmm. Um, a lot of people have thoughts on how we should, um, I don't know, take power back for ourselves and try to hit other people over the head with it. Um, I've heard, um, some egalitarians, um, I won't mention names, say that maybe we should just walk out on, uh, men's sermons, since men walk out on ours. We'll stage a whole protest like that. And, you know, it's really not part of the Christian witness, and, um, as egalitarians, we need to, our identity comes from being a Christian and living a life of mutual, mutuality and mutual submission mm -hmm. and mutual love. And that's just not... Part of the vision and so we yeah. want to say well how should we act <laughs> how yeah. should we live this so first you know again what characterizes the christian like to be just to some to summarize it's the fruits of the spirit um it's this idea that the greatest is of um the gifts of the spirit is love and it's just being characterized by generosity we had a very good sermon today by paula on that um so that was matthew 5 38 to 48 but mm. Let's read through some of the other two. Um, I'll read the Galatians passage, and maybe, Nick, you can take the First Corinthians one. Yeah. All right. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against, these th against things like this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified self with its passions and its desires. And again, before that, like he named all the bad things that you shouldn't do. Um, hate, fighting, obsession, losing your temper, competitive opposition, conflict, selfishness, group rivalry. Boy, that one really speaks today to today. Yeah. Um, and you list a bunch of things. And so that's this is also in the after that same passage where um, Galatians, uh, the one we like to point to as egalitarians in Galatians three the neither do nor Greek, um, and then at the end, male or female, um, that they're all one in Christ. And the thing is, like, in that context, it was one where the Gentiles were being discriminated against um, by the Jews. And we'll get into that at another day. But 
let's just say Paul knew what it was like for certain groups and individuals to be um, relegated to subordinate status in various ways. Mm -hmm. And yet he still has this um, command um, to live out the fruits of the spirit. And so I think we should too. Um, Nick, do you want to take 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7? Yeah, I've got it. I'm reading from the Common English Bible. Uh, they say, love is patient, love is kind, it isn't jealous, it doesn't brag, it isn't arrogant, it isn't rude, it doesn't seek its own advantage, it isn't irritable, it doesn't keep a record of complaints, isn't happy with injustice, but is happy with the truth, love puts up with all things, trusts in all things, hopes in all things, endures all things. End quote. Amen. <laughs> yeah. So not really something about marriage per se, because this is something that gets read <laughs> at marriage, uh, weddings all the time, but yeah. this is far more broad and far more necessary for the church at, at large. Yeah, know? it's how to be a Christian, and that applies yeah. to marriage and a bunch of things. Yep. Um, and so, like, from there, I want to segue into a little, like, another question is, where does human value come from? Hmm. Um, and I, I'll just simply say, you know, in Genesis, it's being made in the image of God, uh, male and female. Um, it's the sacrifice of Christ and our hope for resurrection, too. Um mm -hmm. I think Jesus gives us value in, in many ways um, as being a representative. And um, I think God shows his love to us in creation and his new creation and, and how he forms us in the spirit. And so why do I bring those two up? Um, I think in dealing with sexism, it's key to actually uphold both of these things. Um, and so I, I, put, I just jotted down three points that I think this, that directly apply before we launch into or specific examples. Yeah. Um, so what does it mean to uphold basically your identity as a Christian um, and upholding your, your human value and the human value of other people in these discussions? And I'd say first, uh, be who you are. Um, a human being without qualifications. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, some a tendency in all history is to dehumanize the other or the person that's the enemy. And it can take a variety of, fo of forms, whether calling the other person a Nazi, whether calling them cockroaches in, um, in Rwanda, it depends. Yeah. Um, horrible things have happened uh, um, in the name of dehumanization. And in the case of women, um, oftentimes they're just modified human beings. Um, as I've discussed on my book, you know, yep. it's, the sliding scale. And for um, us today, I think in e certain evangelical circles, um, you're a human being, but um, with limits. Um, so I'd say be who you are to the degree, degree that you can, according to your context. Because frankly, sometimes where we're living does not allow us to be fully um, expressed, healthy individuals. And yeah. that's just a horrible reality. Yeah. Um, and so some of this is allowing others to be uncomfortable to a degree. You know, if you're an outspoken person um, who's respectful but outspoken, be outspoken. You know, if they're yeah. uncomfortable with facts, let them be uncomfortable with facts. I mean, facts don't care about their feelings, so, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> and frankly, you know, we're all, we are all very influenced by our feelings, whether we like to admit to it or not. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, yes, question paradigms that undermine holy living and human value. You know, have your confidence in Christ. Your identity is in Christ, and so have that courage. Um, there was an um, old, older lady friend of mine, um, sweet old grandma that just, um, very unassuming person. Her church finds her to be a threat. 
because she studies Greek and Hebrew for fun, and she does yep. extensive word studies. Um, they told her, you are not allowed to do Bible studies with people. And people were drawn to her because they wanted to just get into the word. And you yeah. know what? She kept doing Bible studies with them. Yeah. You know, anyone who wanted to do a Bible study with her and approached her, she would just keep doing Bible studies. She wasn't studies. teaching heresy or even anything just crazy. It was just going into the word, going straight to the, the sources, the, yeah. the languages. She didn't pick fights. Um, she didn't try to rub it in other people's face or try to make herself look better by stomping others into the ground, which she could have. Mm-hmm. But she would even, during Bible studies with other people, um, share helpful facts about Greek and other things in the Bible. And just like any other normal person would that has something to contribute to the group. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, she's gotten shut down quite a bit, but she's a strong person. And she says, you know what, my confidence comes from, I wouldn't be confident like this, but it comes from the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, So second thing, um, I would say exemplify the fruits of the Spirit. And rely on God for help. Hmm. Um, so yes, no walking out on um, male uh, a male person's um, sermon just because they're male and you're angry. And um, even if they have done the same to you, you know, be respectful. I would say. Yeah. And because I mean, that, that's yeah. not going to change their mind. You know, if you walk out, it's not going to change. You know, John Piper. 2.0 teaching at the pulpit, it's not going to change his mind and make him more friendly to your view. No. You're just going to be the stereotype. Yeah, the, the angry feminist. And unfortunately, you know, we have a right to be angry, frankly. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are bitter, um, I think, over things that have happened to them. And I yeah. understand that. And it's it's rough. It really is. But, you know, I mean, some the things... The thing is, the Lord's more important than all of this. And I think in the end, we do things for the Lord, not for... Um, not for ourselves and not for ultimately others. Although uh, being kind and generous to other people comes out of our love for God. Mm-hmm. Um, following on that, though, number three, I would say stand up for others being dehumanized or qualified. Um, and sometimes this means standing up for yourself, too. Um, and again, depending on your context, navigating the, navigating this very carefully because um, be clever, <laughs> in other words. Um, yes, be very loving and be very generous, but also be very clever. If you know, for instance, that putting, um, I don't know, if you're able to resist, for instance, taking a director title instead of, um, pastor title, do it. If you're going to necessary, if you're going to lose your job over it, you know, make a decision one way or another. Yeah, pick your battles, be clever. Yeah. Yep. So that's what I would just like to say to start. Um, now we can talk about... Some of our interesting um, encounters. <laughs> so I think the, the funnest example we have is uh, during the conference about, I think it was about 2015. Oh, no. Don't you... name the conference. <laughs> okay, no, I won't. Uh, we're, not, we don't, we're not about naming names here. No. And so, But this was during a break in the conference, and we were grabbing, I think it was lunch. And we're standing in line, and then someone, no names, uh, came up, and uh, well, why don't you tell us exactly what? Uh, yeah, so this was my first conference that I was going to deliver a paper at, and some individual for God only knows what reason, I, we do, um, but wanted to come up, he did not know who I was. I had never seen this guy before in my um, life. But he decided that I really needed prayer for my reproductive health. That was very important um, to him, and I very politely... I think he started maybe with, oh, can I pray for you? I'm like, 
Random stranger wants to pray for me. Sure, why not? I mean, I've had this person that I think was actually delusional and thought he was a prophet sent from God pray for me. Um, <laughs> it's a long story, but he probably yeah. had a mental illness. This, so I'm, I'm used to random people saying all sorts of things. And, yeah. and I mean, prayer is something I like. And, you know, at a Christian conference, sure, why not? But yeah, then we found out it was for my reproductive health, and I politely said, well, we actually have huge financial burdens right now. Being students and, you know, not having, you know, the most high-paying jobs in the world, you know. Yeah, and frankly, we couldn't really have children until we could, I don't know, make them not um, constantly scared and sad because mommy and daddy are gone working. While and they're, eating yeah. top ramen noodles, you know, five days a week. Yeah, right? yeah. We make sure we have enough money for a healthy child, well-adjusted child. Yeah. Anyway, um, we just want to pray for our finances, but he insisted that he was going to pray for my reproductive health anyway. Which made me mad because I, I wouldn't have minded if he uh, prayed <laughs> for my reproductive health too. He was going to, yeah. so I was gripping Nick's hand so hard because I could tell. There were nail marks in my skin, like Nick... through my through my sweatshirt. <laughs> I could t I know him, and I could tell he was going to say some not nice things, mm -hmm. and possibly um, horribly crude things. <laughs> in line, in front of everyone. I don't, so I was like, don't no, no. And, you know, in I the I didn't. End, I thought them, though. I thought them long and hard. So, in the end, um, we sort of let him pray for my reproductive health. I didn't let him put his hand on your stomach, though. Oh, my he gosh. He kind of reached for it. And I oh, took, yeah. We're like, nope. <laughs> nope. He reached his hand. I took his hand like, nope, you will hold my hand. But, you know, in hindsight, that's one of our not so good examples. And part of it, frankly, we were not prepared for that. Like, I was nope. not going to conference thinking there's going to be this random dude who prays for my reproductive health. Um, and, and exclude me from the prayer. Like, he, why don't you rest your hand? Never mind, well, like, he used the example of, well... Abra or no, Sarah laughed, or something like that. So, oh, Abraham had to pray so that Sarah, I don't know. Some weird example. Some weird, like, parallel, but... Detextualized example. <laughs> we, so here's what we would have done differently. And I had a lot of time to just think about this. Like, you know what? We should have, I, I think we were so, like, shocked and in a daze, like, that this is happening. Yeah, because I, I planned most of the conference, and I was running yeah. around. And I, I was doing pretty much, you know... That's right. Crazy stuff, running around, trying to do everything. And so, uh, being hit with this, you know, while I'm trying to get lunch, was certainly Yeah, not and I was an preparing idea. for my discussion. So, you know, yeah. I'm not thinking, I'm preparing for something else. So anyway, what yep. we would have done differently um, is basically said, kept saying no. We said no already in a polite way and just said, no, you may not pray for my reproductive health. If you want um, to, pray, pray, pray in your head. Like, no, no. Like, you... <laughs> you yeah, know, no. not being mean to him, but saying, you know, you don't know us and um, God has not put it on our hearts to um, try to focus on our reproduction right now. And so, no, sorry. We appreciate your sentiment, but no. <laughs> I still don't want to pray for my reproductive health. I think that's quite mean. Nick felt a little left out. I did. I was not happy about that. <laughs> All right, so moving on to a good example. This was a uh, same conference, uh, and this was with Alice, and I wasn't here for this. I was running around doing yeah. conferency things. So why don't you tell uh, tell them exactly what happened? So basically, I gave a paper. Um, it was a good paper. Yeah. Very good paper. I like yeah, this Yeah, I had sent it to um, a very gracious um, man that I was critiquing in the paper, and um, and he's awesome. So anyway, yeah. um, so I'm trying to get... So, 
the scholar gives a certain argument, and I was refuting universalism, and he's universalist. And the thing is, there were some people in the crowd that just could not follow the original scholar's argument. And so because they couldn't follow the original scholar's argument, they couldn't follow my refutation. Um, kind of interesting, but anyway. Um, this random, this other random person at the conference... Never um, met him before. Yeah, never met him before. It's a universalist. Um, he... And there, there was another person that did something similar, but took me aside for some fatherly advice. Um, now, again, why is this inappropriate? Um, because... I'm there to deliver an academic paper, and it's polite um, to maybe try to counter the points in an argument rather than to try to pull rank as a father over someone who's not your child. And also, I mean, you're a PhD student. You're not uneducated on this topic or on most topics, theological. That's right. And he didn't really have any critique. Um, it was something like cryptic, like... Um, a multitude of words cover up the truth or something like that. No... No actual problem with the argument itself. Couldn't follow it. Yeah. Um, and I actually very politely um, told him, one thing that makes this conference so great is we have a variety of perspectives. They're all able to give their views and interact in a respectful manner. And I think that is um, great, don't you think? Yeah. And he actually, I think, caught the drift because he was already speaking... Um, parabolically I don't know um and you know was quiet after that and because I also said you know what other people want to shut other you know people down that disagree with them and I'm I'm just not okay with that yeah I mean let's let's face it too universalism is a minority view within a minority view soteriologically and so a universalist would be very happy to be hurt and yet treating you as he did kind of reveals an odd inconsistency there Yeah, and, you know, it's one of those things, treat other people the way you want to be treated, and treat yourself, you know, the way, with respect as well. And so I wasn't willing to just let, you know, this thing be proclaimed over me that just was not true and was not reality. Yeah, and so that was a good example. Uh, A not-so-good example is kind of more generalized. It's uh, crabbiness on Facebook. (laughs) Um, This is probably more for me. Well... Um, Lately, me too. Well, yeah. But uh, when I first got, uh, when, I, when I finished Greek, you're on that Greek high where all you do is just want to argue Greek tenses and moot and voice and stuff like that. And so I would be arguing with people just nonstop. For example, someone years ago threw up Greek on, on my wall to argue with me about uh, 1 Timothy 2 or something, or 1 Timothy 2 or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I copied the entire <laughs> verse in Greek translated it and posted that and basically told him to disagree with the words of scripture, you know, so to speak in my translation. He obviously couldn't do that. He had no seminary training or any formal training in this. And I kind of, you know, pistol whipped him with Greek and it wasn't very nice. Um, I I was right. My translation is great and still is, but uh, it was one of those things where the guy, the other person just didn't know Greek at all and was just using it authoritatively even though they had no basis in it yeah and that's my my thing has always been and this is a a flaw i'm working on is if someone throws their weight around a bit with something they haven't studied extensively i'm like okay fine i'll treat you like an expert and we'll you know we'll 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 duke it out and nine times out of ten that doesn't work because this person is not an expert and it's not very nice to do 
uh, for me to kind of throw my weight like that. Um, I enjoy, I enjoy it Yeah, I think it's not like you can never put someone in their place, but again, like with respect and I would say maybe towards genuine dialogue and sometimes it's seeing like some people are, you can't really talk to. And I think, um, I was talking to a professor, a female professor here at Fuller and she had some good advice too, where sometimes it's better just to leave. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, if someone posts something on my, my wall or offers a comment, Nine times out of ten, I don't even respond. I'm just like, I, I just, I just don't have time. I, I'm just busy. I'm tired, and I'm not going to say anything that's going to further this. And what you said isn't helpful, so I'm just going to, I'll let it stand. Uh, no shame in that. I've been crabby on Facebook um, <laughs> last two days. Like I was just like, oh my gosh. Like it, it's tough when you do all this research and you know certain issues very, very well, um, whether on the political climate or whether it's um, gender-related passages, and you have people that are just going to assert so confidently something else that they just have not studied whatsoever. Yeah. Um, And I need to, frankly, I've been working on being patient overall. That's that's the part I need to work on. Um, And... You know, I mean, I can be a little crabby otherwise, too. Um, <laughs> that's my fault. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm better, you know, it's it's one of those things you're, where... You're better once you've had something to eat. <laughs> yeah, I, you become a kid sometimes. I'm tired and I'm hungry and my neck hurts. <laughs> but, yeah, so, you know, we've got some work to go it's, through. It's, it's, it's just a matter of also, how do, how do you have an extensive literary discussion of a Greek tense... On Facebook, yeah. when you can't see the person, you don't know the mental state of the person, you There's don't know that. how they're feeling, and you don't know how you're feeling until you've written something, then you read it over and say, holy crap, I just called this person a really bad word. What? You know, when I, did you do that? I, I deleted it. You don't know. You don't need <gasps> to know. Well, um, I, anyways, um, yeah, I just tend to be a lot more sharp, and some of it's tough because I can be very blunt, which I don't think is a bad thing, and I will not be correcting anytime soon. But, you know, I have to make sure that I'm respectful, nonetheless. Yeah. And so that's a not-so-good example. And uh, let's see. Then this one's far more complex. Uh, yeah. So there was some quite a bit of jo- drama when uh, we or Nick changed his name. and name. yeah, Nick's, Nick's always been my name. <laughs> and um, over the wedding. Um, I'll let Nick kind of discuss that. Uh, there's, there's two main things. Uh, I, I think... One was, um, uh, I got an angry letter from someone about my taking Allison's last name. And and, someone close to you, too. Yes. And we've since reconciled. We're on great terms, uh, as if it never happened, basically. Um, but it was, the assumption was that Allison was domineering or being feminazi-ish or something like that and the truth is i had come to the conclusion essentially myself because i was going to be the one having to deal with all the fallout essentially it was his decision yeah uh and so and in addition there's a second one where someone privately messaged me no names of course and made great hay out of the fact that i like to be dominated by women and i think it was a sexual thing which is weird because allison and i were virgins until we got married happily not now but uh just this idea also of I must be being manipulated or dominated or yeah. or that I worse I enjoy this some like fifty shades of gray kind of stuff Ugh. except in reverse, which is even weirder. Which funny thing, I just noticed that the actor kind of looks like Nick. That doesn't help things really. That really doesn't make things better. 
We've never seen it. I never want to. <laughs> no. And so uh, those two things um, handled. One of them I handled. I, I didn't back down from the the Facebook thing. I just didn't back down. And the other one was uh, with the letter I told my parents, who were very supportive, even if they didn't necessarily agree or disagree, but they were very supportive, and they always been, uh, was the idea of I, I will not back down from something I think is right to do, and I didn't, and I took Allison's last name, and yeah. And the thing is, this person had thought, we had um, put a statement up on our um, wedding blog because we wanted people not to be shocked um, at the announcement at the wedding. Yep. Uh, we weren't going for the shock value thing. Um, no. And so this person, we made a joint statement on mutuality. Mm -hmm. um, mutuality, mutual submission, mutual everything. Yep. And she took it as a list of my personal demands. Yep. Um, which, again, very just distorted... Um, she looked at it through a distorted lens and um, that's what she arrived at. And so, yeah, Nick handled this because it was someone that was close to him primarily. And still is. Yeah. And so I think Nick handled that extremely well. Um, I, I didn't take it personally. Um, I didn't. Um, she also thought I was a crackpot in thinking I was a scholar. Um, and, you know, I was like, well, whatever. Well, and then another thing that happened too with that was we got... Uh, I mean, I had a complimentarian in my, my wedding party. One of my best friends still is one of my best friends, and he had no problem with it. And so, you know, and the third thing... But someone um, did have a problem with it, is the yeah. thing. and so a, a different person. Uh, and what happened was uh, we had... And a... they're, they were reacting specifically against um, pa our Pastor Ruth leading the... Marrying us, basically. Yeah, marrying us. Yeah. yeah. Somehow, even though people can get married at a courthouse, by him being a groomsman, but still, I don't know. It was one of those weird things that didn't make sense. Anyway. He could be in the wedding, or in the crowd, but not as a groomsman. Anyway. Like, yeah. Um, which is interesting, because I had two friends of mine who aren't even religious, were highly involved in my wedding and just supported me, which was wonderful. And I said another, like I said, my other friend, great friend of mine, was happily involved in my wedding. And I'd be in his. He's a complimentarian. I'd happily be in his wedding. Uh, but suffice to say, that was Pastor Ruth. Yeah. And I mean, this person, though, like, I remember he did not want to just discuss reasons. You know, didn't want to talk about scripture. Just wanted to have his way. No, he, he gave me his point of view and that was that. Yeah. There was no room for maybe compromising. Or no, no room for it. looking at the scripture or working through it. But, you know, that that's that. And it's like, okay, that's, I mean, that's your conscience at work, I guess. Okay, fine. And that was that. Was that. Yeah, so I think overall, like, for, for that whole thing, and we, in our wedding, we did uh, Ephesians uh, 5 and started at 21, mm -hmm. not at no, 20. Verse 1. Yeah. Verse oh, one. well, yeah, actually, yeah, that's true. We started all the way... Or did we? I think we Well, just... we read verses 1 and 2 and then 21 to That's what we did, yeah. yeah. Our own translation for the most part, I think, too, which was fun. Yeah, so people had to go from submit to one and submit, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, wives to your husbands. Yep. And so, I don't know, maybe it was just us being nerds and enjoying it. But we yeah. were we did an egalitarian wedding. We didn't take every opportunity to talk about how horrible the patriarchy was. Um, we were just egalitarians. Yeah. Um, plain you, and simple and unapologetically. I mean, if you believe something, you should live it out to the best you can. So that's what we did. Yeah. And we took some pains to, again, make sure, you know, certain people wouldn't panic um, so that they knew ahead of time. Yep. 
Oh. Hence the, the blog post and telling people who might disagree, this is what's going to be happening. Don't care if you agree or disagree. Just want you there. And with the exception of maybe one person, that was not a problem. Yeah. And I think, too, like, um, there was a lot of forgiveness that happened as well. Mm-hmm. Um, none of these people who, I guess, went out of their way to um, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, respect, uh, non, not so respectfully voice their concerns, um, we've forgiven. And yeah. Yeah, so I'd say that was one that we, tra- we handled very well. <laughs> Looking back, I can't imagine doing anything differently. Which is probably a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, so that's some of our experiences. Um, I'm sure your guys' experiences are much more interesting. And Yeah, you know, I mean, like, there's a lot that I'm just not talking about, too. Like, I mean, I mean, anyone who's a woman in ministry or has gone to seminary has all sorts of these stories. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, when I was at one school, like, every time they would ask me what my major was, and I said MDiv, like, there would be, like, a shudder. And, you know, that kind of stacked up over when everyone did it. And it was a very stressful time. Um, and weren't you, like, the liberal because you were arguing in favor of women deacons No, at I wasn't. Point? I wasn't even arguing. So, but yeah. Okay, so uh, I cut to do a paper. And so I'm like, well, they're not going to be able to handle me just going out women in ministry. So I'll just say, can women be deacons? You know? <sighs> and everyone's like, oh, edgy. You know? So yeah. it was just like... It I've never heard, I've never heard yeah. of Romans 16 and 1 Timothy 3. I've never heard of those passages. Yeah, so it was just, it, it's tough sometimes. And especially because yeah. um, I've oftentimes had my um, intelligence, my objectivity, all sorts of things uh, just questioned. Feelings, um, you're about feelings and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah so, I, I do remember those. Yeah, it, it's just, it's it's <clears throat> automatic. And in and unfortunately, I don't even have to do anything to have that invite that. So um, I was leading a table discussion um, on gender um, for it was Philip Payne was doing a conference. And um, one of the guys, um, I've never met him before. Um, he was new at the table. I said, you know, gave him a greeting and said, welcome. And he outright asked me, um, are you able to be reasonable in this discussion? And Wait, what? I was like, my answer was, yeah, how about you? Yeah. (laughs) But you know what I mean? That comes up quite a bit as a woman. Um, Again, you don't, this guy didn't know me. We had no discussion before then. Um, But yeah, he knew that. Are you able to be reasonable? Did he he try to pray for your uterus too? Thankfully not. But he did keep interrupting his wife at every turn. And as a table leader, um, I had to keep coming back to his wife. No, I want to hear her thoughts. And then the other guy at the table interrupted that guy's wife. And I was just like, ah, yeah. <laughs> stop. Um, so I had some power because I was a table leader. So I got to kind of manage it a little. Yeah. But I also get interrupted quite a bit by men. No, you don't. Sorry. Hey, <laughs> none of that. <laughs> so it, it's just one of those things where you can be a little rude sometimes and interrupt them back just to get your voice in, but not in a way that's um, trying to domineer. And because that's the tendency for a lot of, I think just human beings, like we want to make ourselves bigger at the expense of others. And so if someone does it to you, don't do it back at them. Guys can often tell too. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So it's one of those things like, and I mean, I've gotten other things too, where, um, People have thought either, 
So on that end, maybe because I'm too emotional because I'm a woman, or maybe I'm just too manly because I don't express my emotions. So it's really a lose-lose sometimes, and you just got to have to cut your losses. I would just recommend, um, for the most part, trying to stick to facts. Um, In areas where you can try to get people to discuss how they feel about things, the better. Um, I don't believe that we're all perfectly objective beings or that that's an ideal to strive for. Um, I believe in truth and transparency. And part of transparency means this is my context. This is where I'm coming from. And maybe I can learn something from my opponents or other people that have different perspectives. And so I would say when you're talking to someone, um, whether they're hardcore patriarchalist or they just kind of believe complementarianism or whatever their view be respectful. You know, it's it's for the Lord. You know, it's not on account of anything that they've um, merited, but do it for God. And the thing is, if they're acting in certain ways that are inconsistent with the message of the gospel, and they're not exemplifying the fruits of the Spirit, and they're treating you very disrespectfully, you know what? It means they haven't come as far along, you know, in terms of sanctification. And we're all yeah. on that journey. Yeah. And so I would just say, you know, do your best to be respectful, but, you know, don't let yourself be run over if possible. Yeah. Stand up for yourself sometimes. And if you're a man, stand up for a woman. Like, yeah. Telling another, I've told other guys, Hey, shut up. I want to hear her, you know, and I, it didn't go over too well because, you know, I'm kind of a blunt instrument sometimes, but it's true. Just, Hey, that's great. I want to hear her. And or including women in the conversation if she's being quiet. I've noticed that goes really far. Yeah. Or if a woman makes a good point, acknowledge it. Um, Like something too that Nick and I noticed. um, I didn't have this problem so much until I got married, but people will start completely ignoring me theologically and just just going to Nick um, or just talking to Nick, even if we're both in the room. Um, or it doesn't even have to be about theology. It could just be other things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's never happened to me before in my life, but it's become an interesting thing. And it's something that people just do unconsciously as well. Yeah. And not that he's not likable. He's very likable. Well, I mean, I am kind of prickly sometimes. Yeah, but you're, he's, he's really, he's really nice. I mean, I do look like the 50 shades of gray guy. So. Oh, whatever. Which by the way, funny story about that. We were at Whole Foods, <laughs> and I had I, I I don't know what Fifty Shades like what the guy looks like. Allison's watching a show that has him. Yeah, and, and then Nick pointed out that he was the same actor. Yeah, I pointed out that guy's the same actor, and we're walking in Whole Foods, and there was like a bunch of like seventeen-year-old girls, like six <laughs> or seven, like walking behind me, like pointing, going, you know, talking, you know, whispering. And I was like, I don't know what the hell, is, what the heck is going on? Like, I don't understand. Then I, I leaned over and when Allison was watching this show. I'm like, oh, that's the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey. And she said, oh, you kind of look like him. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's why. I should I should have made like Darth Vader and held out my hand like choking style. Like, it's just like creeping out. But yeah, we're I'm like horribly creeped out by that show. Yeah, I'm just gonna or book too. Yeah, like not not my thing, not my thing. But apparently, I I look like a really horrible person. So thanks, thanks. Well, and in my show, you are a sociopath. So well, I mean, congrats. Not, not that I would never know anything about that. So what are we talking about next week? Or next time, rather. Um, Let's go back. We'll do 1 Corinthians 14. Well, that'll be easy. Paul didn't write it. Thanks, guys. Rude, jerky.